Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, and welcome to Everything is Fine, a podcast for women over 40. We are your hosts. I'm Kim France. And I'm Jen Romolini. And Jen, we were getting into it before we started recording. Tell me what's on your mind. Oh, I don't know. You know, it's so funny. You know how in therapy, sometimes you're like, I'm done. I'm healed. Like there's just <laughs> like a week where you're just like, I don't need this anymore. Yeah. Um, well, I had that last week. I was just sitting there with my therapist being like, it's all fixed. It's just <laughs> fucking all fixed. And then this week, circumstances didn't change, but I changed. I am ornery. I am angry. I am reactive. I am super anxious. I am trying to escape all of my feelings. I am just like, I'm totally out of whack this week. I'm just, I'm like yelling at my kid and then feeling like shit about it. I'm, you know, I'm kind of on strike domestically. Like I'm not, (laughs) I'm just like watching like Alex do every small thing in the house and just feeling like shit about it. I'm just like not functioning very well, which leads me to somebody wrote a thing about me on your blog and I fucking responded, even though I know better than to respond. I know. It's really, you got to dig your fingers into the palm of your hand and just keep yourself from doing it. I, I know better than to respond. I didn't even think about what I was saying. I just was mad. I was just, I was already mad. I was having one of those fucking annoying days where everything's just fucking fucked up. And like, you're like, wait, I paid that bill, but no, but now the site's down. It's like, it just, it just things are, the car's fucked up. You know, just yeah. everything is just kind of going wrong. And it was like night. I was hangry. Alex was making dinner and I was like, right? <laughs> but I want to I want to address a couple of things in it because what it was, was last week we did an episode. You were really sick, which I want to talk about in a second. You were really sick. And I just kind of danced around you and just kind of like, was like, whoa, whoa. All right. How about this? How about this? And I said some things that I didn't even necessarily mean. I don't think I, I said anything that was so you know harmful, but I was kind of like bigger than I think that I feel. 
Okay. Mm -hmm. And we were talking specifically about Meghan Markle and Prince Harry. And I... I've since read the book, by the way, or listened to it, and I love the fucking book. So let me just say really? that. I love the book, and I love him. And I even love her, which is why this is so ironic that this happened. <laughs> but last week, I got two things wrong. First off, I called his ghostwriter sleazy. I didn't even know what his ghostwriter was. I was just had heard that through some... Maybe I had seen a flash of an article, and I called <laughs> Harry's ghostwriter sleazy. This guy is not sleazy. He's the writer of The Tender Bar. He's won a ton of awards. He's a journalist. He's fine, Okay. Well, the second thing was I called Harry, Prince Harry, a soft boy, which I stand by because I love soft boys. Nobody even knows what a definition of that is, and neither do I really. Well, Nancy Joe Sales, when Nancy Joe Sales came on, she said a soft boy is a guy who acts like a sensitive guy, but is actually a fuck boy. Okay, well, I don't know if that's how I was using, so I misused that. <laughs> so second so second demerit against me, I misused um, soft boy. What I meant was compared to William, Harry is like an emotional guy, seems like it seems like he's very connected to his emotions and seems sensitive. And I, I meant it in a very complimentary way, but to this reviewer, it did not come across that way. And then the last thing I said, and this is the thing I really want to talk about, is I called both of them basic, which I can't believe I used the word basic because it is a term that I fucking hate and think is stupid. But I was just sort of quickly riffing and I did it. And I said, oh, well, they're fucking basic. That's why she calls him H. They're just basic assholes. And I said that. I don't even really think that. I think that they are um, maybe have shown the world a lot of their intimate details to a point that it seems a little corny. But at the same time, somebody pointed this out, and I want to say that I don't know if this is right. And when I don't know if something's right, I always defer to someone else, particularly in this case, a woman of color. Somebody said that calling Megan basic was incredibly disparaging, particularly because she's a woman of color. And because I don't know that, I'm probably fucking wrong. I respect Meghan Markle. I think Meghan Markle and Prince Harry have done a lot of good for the world. And my whole point in that rant was saying that I actually thought they were in a bad position because I thought the media had exploited them. And anyway, if I got any of that wrong, I'm sorry, but I'm especially sorry for engaging with a, a commenter because I think that is always the worst. And you never know where the other person is coming from. And I did not handle it with compassion or even a lot of finesse. So that is well, my rant. When you, when you have responded to people in the past, you have responded with those things. So I think you should give yourself a little credit for typically being an extremely empathetic responder to comments. Thank you. You know, I, I, have, I, have, really, I have a lot of feelings about this because it's happening on my blog. Yes. And, um, I do feel like, and I don't know if it's because of this, but there has been an ugliness in the comments of my blog that corresponds with starting this podcast. It's me. <laughs> it, no, it's not you. It's not you. I don't know. Maybe they came from the podcast first, maybe the blog first. I don't know. But anyway, it's, I think that we're trying, you know, we're trying and Doing a show like this where you're really talking off the top of your head with very little planning yeah. means that sometimes you go on rants. And even if you, when you listen to the episode again before it airs, you're like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Oh, I don't know. Oh, let it go. Don't want to start editing myself too much. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, you know, we, we, you know, I don't think that was a massive fuck up. I think it was a misstep. 
Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not even sure if it was a massive fuck up. I just don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't a hundred percent stand by it is the thing. Yeah. And also, you know, I mean, in the, in the comment, and the thing is I, pr- I may not have responded if it wasn't your blog. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you have an old timey blog, you know what I mean? I, like, have a, I have a 2004 blog. I absolutely do. We do. And it feels like intimate. And also I knew you were sick and I just got, I got defensive and it was, it was a mistake, but I, I will say this, like, the person compared me to Joe Rogan, which, okay, 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 <laughs> okay, like I, I can't, all right. But but what I'm really going to say about that is I think that one thing that is is weird about doing a show like this, and I don't know if this is interesting for listeners or not, but like we don't really make any money off this. We we don't make like our, our, our ads, I, I probably am not allowed to talk about how much it is, but it's like it sustains itself through the Patreon. And that's how, you know, that's how we pay the person who edits it. So thank you all of our patrons, because really that's, that's how we keep the lights on. Really, But you know, one of the things that this, it was one person and one person was really upset and I feel really badly. That's the other thing. Whenever you engage in something ugly like this online, whenever you engage in an ugly fashion, I felt, I feel so bad and so ashamed. This person is, is clearly, is clearly very upset. But one of the things the person said was you have power, you have a platform. And I think that I don't really think of that every week when we're doing this show. I don't, and that is a mistake. And it comes up, it's come up a couple of times where it's like, oh, I'm just talking to my friend every week. It's not only a mistake, it's a little irresponsible. And the Joe Rogan comment, as much as I will give that, it, as much as I think that's like, ha, ha, ha. It's also it's like high good. comedy. I'm sorry. It is, it is high comedy. <laughs> it is high comedy, like for, for, for so many reasons. But, but I will only say that it can be irresponsible to not be carefully choosing your words when they are going out to thousands of people. And I was not careful last week and I knew I wasn't careful and I didn't feel great about the episode. And the thing that really got me is the thing that always gets you in these comments because the person started out by saying, this was not your best. And I was like, you're fucking right. And I'm mad. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, so that's that. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got wrong. The ghost writer. And I'm also sorry that I said things I didn't really mean I, but also Harry and Megan are going to be fine and I admire them and I'm glad what they've done with their lives. Okay. Okay. Continue. <laughs> okay. On to the next. I need to talk about a short film I saw over the course of the past week, which I found jolting, shocking, exhilarating. It was the Jen Romolini 1990s. Oh my God. Oh my God. Okay. We're in a okay. like, drunken party video. <laughs> okay. Paul can't Paul okay. can't stop watching it. I can't stop okay. watching it. I'm going to describe for the listeners what this is and I'm going I'm going to cut the where it was because I don't want anybody I don't want anybody to sort of find it online, but I have put it on my um I have put it on my social channels. Um for a number of reasons because I don't want people to know this identifying details, but Okay. So I will describe what this is. What this video is, is somebody, when I went to college the first time that I failed out sort of spectacularly, somebody at a college party in 1993 had a VHS camcorder and they videoed this, this boy, I think it was videoed this party me and all of my friends were at. And it's in like the grossest room in the world. And like the Lemonheads, Mrs. Robinson is playing <laughs> and everybody is wasted. There's a joint yes. going around. People are smiling. 
wasted, wasted. Like not, not upright, not upright. <laughs> however, however, in the middle of all of this, like Bacchanal, there's Romalini. <laughs> With like her little cigarette in her I perfect blonde honestly bob. Cannot believe because the thing, what's so unusual about this is that people from our generation, we don't have much documentation of our lives, much real documentation. We have a lot of posed no. things. We have, you know, maybe some some snapshots, but there's not a lot of footage of our parties, of our, you know, of, of our time together, like there is mm-hmm. for the generations after us, right? So what's so fascinating about this to me is just whatever, like really seeing what everybody looked like in a way I I didn't remember, you know, what, like the clothes are exactly how you imagine the clothes to be. Yeah. Uh, You know, the, 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 the partying is, as is raucous as you imagined it to be. I was surprised because I always think of myself as the messiest lush. I was surprised to see myself in the center of that looking kind of fine. (laughs) I was shocked. You look great. (laughs) You look totally together. You were like the cousin Marilyn of the party. I was very, very surprised. Anyway, someone unearthed this on YouTube um, months ago and I was just writing about being that age in my book, like writing in this one part of my revision. And I was like, oh, wait, you know what? I'm going to pull that video up because I want to see whatever. I think I'm going to get a lot of details from that that I wouldn't have otherwise. Um, So I watched it and then I couldn't stop watching it because the thing is, I'm not the star of it. I'm in it like a couple of seconds. It's everybody around me that's so fascinating. Just these boys just like having, and like mm-hmm. the boys that we were like in love with and and having sex with. And, you know, I mean, you could just see them, the long hair, the flannels. It was just a, a whole, whole mess. I loved it. I, I love it. I love it a lot too. I'm surprised that you loved it as much as I did, <laughs> but yes, it's on my Instagram under 1993 on my highlights. If anybody wants to see this. It's just because you can never really get a good look at anything that's going on in the video. Yes. It's shot so crazily that it's like it's like a perfect pop song. Like perfect pop songs are too short and you just want to hear them again immediately. Yeah. And this was just like every angle is just super quick. Every shot is super quick and you just you can't really see any of no, it. No, you can't. Although there is one part that I was like, I, I had PTSD. I was like, oh my God, my friend that I talk about, the, my ex-friend that I ta- have talked about in the podcast before is in it for a second and yells at me in a really loud way. Just like, he's like, I'm going to fucking kill you. And so it's like the only voice you hear th- almost throughout the whole thing. And it's just like, I don't know what I did. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Something horrible, I guess. I don't know. Oh my God. You know what it is? All of this comes down to is just like, just hating yourself. Like not the video, but like all of how I'm feeling and the reacting to the commenter and like even that person in the video, I'm going to fucking kill you is just like that undercurrent that I, that I think I sometimes think I eradicate and I I'm like smug in the fact that I'm so healthy and I've eradicated it. And then something triggers it again. And it's just like this well of self-loathing that I, when is it going to go away? (laughs) Well, I mean, it's, it's like we, you know, if we were like the Zen masters who had been training their brains, you know, for years and years and months and days to not, to not respond to that negative self-talk, right? you know, your brain does what your brain is used to doing. And unfortunately, both of our brains are really used to like kicking the shit out of ourselves. 
Right, 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 right. No, it, it, it takes a lot of work to build a new, it's like building a new pathway. Yes. And it is, uh, it is like really observing it and being okay with sitting in the discomfort of it. Mm-hmm. And the other night I just couldn't, I, it was so weird in real time I could see, and this doesn't always happen, but in real time I felt really anxious. I felt really upset and I felt really like so a lot of self-loathing and a lot of insecurity and I wanted out of it. And so I just rolled and smoked a giant joint because I was like, I don't want to feel this. Like I could, f- I, it was, it's not often that you get to see your devices. Like you get to actually see why you need them, you know, mm-hmm. or why, yeah. why you turn to them. But in real time, I was like, I can't feel this anymore. And like walked around the corner and like, with a joint and then saw my neighbor, like mom neighbor, who I don't know if she knows I'm a big stoner, who was like doing something wholesome. And I was like, hi. (laughs) (laughs) What time was it? It was like 7.30 at night. Okay. So an acceptable time. Yeah. She was like dealing with her, um, she was like dealing with her recycling and I like was hiding the joint behind me as if it wasn't (laughs) like like, she couldn't smell it. Exactly. As if I wasn't like pig pen of cannabis. Um, Although the, the ambient smell of Los Angeles is and has been for some time now marijuana. It's true. It's true. And it's getting that way here. It's true. Uh, Is it? Is it? It is getting that way here. Bodegas are selling weed now. Wait, what? Bodegas are openly selling weed. It's because they've le- there's this we're in this weird legal never never land right now where they haven't it's going to take a couple of years to figure out the retail aspect of like selling pot in New York. And so because it's now not illegal, all of these bodegas are selling it and I think, you know, someone who knows about these things was telling me like as soon as, and it makes sense, as soon as they start getting ready to roll out all of the dispensaries, then those places will be shut down. Oh, you are living, you are living the solid days of weed (laughs) right now, because that was exactly what happened here. And it was so great. You could walk in anywhere. You could pick out buds. You could, it was, it was amazing. It was like a, it was like a, it was like a, a pot utopia. However, once the dispensaries come in, it becomes so weird and sanitized and so much more expensive. Well, and because of the taxes. The, yeah. the taxes are insane, but like also the packaging becomes really oh, the packaging is crazy. Yeah, it's you can't it's like it's like worse than opening a CD. So and I understand they gotta do it because a lot of these things are designed to look, you know, to appeal to young people. They've got bright colors, the packaging, and and it it does look, a lot of it is candy and looks like candy. Yes. Yes. So I guess they've got to be really cautious, but like, yeah, if you're, I mean, I'm an adult woman with like an okay brain and I'm like, how the fuck does this work? Like, how do I open this? Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. I've had, I've had that moment. I've had that moment. And like, just like, I've like torn into something with like a pocket knife, just been like, I can't, I can't deal with this. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck is this? Like, you're supposed to be a delicate lady with your edibles, but it's, uh, it's, it's not, it's not possible. I know. Do not stand between me and my weed. (laughs) I know. I know. Which by the way, I'm back on the weed and it's like, not, it's, it's my, my psychiatrist is like, stop. And I'm like, sure. And then I'm like, no. And it's not, it's not great. I think it's not, I think it's not helping the anxiety and, you know, like sort of low key depression. But I think what it is also is I have, 
I have two big projects coming out. Like I, well, I'm about to finish my book and I, and that will be the end of me being able to touch it anymore. Then it's like, well, that's it. This is the book you made. Fuck you. Mm -hmm. You know, this is what what you could do. So I'm like hoarding it. I'm like holding on to it, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and then I have a big podcast coming out at the end of March and I'm really nervous about putting work out into the world. I'm like really scared about it. I'm like, Oh, what are people going to think? And what people are going to, people are going to love that podcast. It's very different than this one. And I think you guys will really get into it, especially those of you who um, are interested in the stories we tell about the magazine world. Yeah, maybe. I hope so. I hope so. But anyway, I'm just feeling, um, I'm just feeling very nervous about it. Um, And to that point, I read an excellent book um, called Simple Passion by Ani Ano, I think is how you pronounce it. Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce her name. Um, I looked it up and that was what it said, but I think I'm still pronouncing it wrong. But anyway, um, it was the, uh, the Nobel prize winner in 2022. I don't know if you've, mm-hmm. have you seen it or read it? I knew that she won the Nobel for it, but I haven't read anything by her ever. Okay. It's a 60 page book. So it is like the fastest, fastest book. And it's all about an affair she had in the eighties And it is just the obsession of being in love with somebody who's kind of withholding emotionally. And like, he's married, the guy she's having this affair with is married. And Mm -hmm. it is just 60 page, a 60 page ride of just her being in this, like every way you feel when you're obsessed with another person, when you're fucking somebody, when the sex is really good, when you are just fully absorbed in like, you know, like a sexual stew. And you know what? I was thinking about that sexual stew. I was mm-hmm. thinking about the, the 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 times in my life that I've been like, you know, dickmatized for lack of a better. Oh, dickmatized is good. <laughs> dickmatized. I didn't invent that. Okay. Um, and it's not entirely enjoyable. No, it's not. It's not entirely enjoyable. That kind of like sexual obsession is is uncomfortable. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And she gets at that so well. And it it's it's an uncomfortable book in that way, but it's so honest, but it's also kind of meta. But anyway, the very end of it. So I've been having all these feelings about like releasing my own work into the world and like the, the fucking the terror of that. And at the very end of this book, it's not spoiling anything, but she says this, um, To go on writing is also a means of delaying the trauma of giving this to others to read, hence why I keep writing. Um, I hadn't considered this eventuality while I still felt the need to write. But now that I have satisfied this need, I stare at the written pages with astonishment and something resembling shame, feelings I certainly never felt when I was living out my passion and writing about it. And then the last line is... um, once I, she's talking about like how right now it's just scribbles. They're all her own. The story is all her own. Once I start typing out the text, once it appears before me in public characters, I shall be through with innocence. Wow. And I, I've been thinking about that so much because I've been thinking about, you know, why, what do we, how do we hold ourselves back from actually doing things? Why? It's like, we want to stay in, it's like we want to stay in one place, even if it's uncomfortable, because the unknown of the future is scarier. Scarier, for the sure. The re- reception or anything. It's just anything scary. It's just like keeping yourself stuck. It's like, oh, I'm stuck. I'm stuck. And I, I never think to myself, oh, I'm keeping myself here. Oh, I do. You do? I you do. do. Oh, yes. Oh, sure. Okay. I absolutely think my stuckness is a result of like what's going on in my head. 
and not external events. Is that what you mean? Yes, that's exactly what I mean. Like I keep myself stuck because I'm afraid of the, I'm afraid of the next step. Yeah. Well, it's the thing about the brain, your grooves in your brain again, though. I think it just like you get stuck and you get stuck and you do the same fucking thing, you know, the same way, like, you know, a mouse goes back to the cheese every single day. Yeah. 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 And it's like, even if, even if you don't love it, even if you don't love the routine, you're just like, well, this is, I mean, that look, this is such a, this is actually such an obvious conversation. This is how you could tell I've been smoking too much weed, but like, <laughs> it's such an obvious conversation because we get, st- we get stuck in, we get stuck in our patterns. We get stuck in our routines. And like, even if we're not satisfied, it's like, well, this is easy. Or I know this, like this, I know. Yes. This, I know this, I know. And the unknown is terrifying. I think that's why a lot of people stay in marriages. I was just about to say that exact sentence. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I remember thinking like, cause I was alone for a long time after, after I left my husband, I had a a brief relationship and then was, was on my own for, for a number of years with occasional, occasional excitement. Yeah. And I remember telling myself, I was like, if I had known how long I was going to be alone after I left my husband, I never would have left him. And so I'm really glad I didn't know. Wow. See, I always think that when I, when I fantasize about leave, leaving my marriage, which, you know, I think every married woman Everybody does, does. I, th- I hope that that, I hope everyone's not going to like call my husband and be like, Hey, guess what? Um, <laughs> but, uh, I, uh, when I fantasize about living, leaving my marriage, it's never for, you know, the any or no, uh, simple passion. It's, it's always from being on my own. Like what's mm-hmm. seductive to me is the, is the aloneness and, and getting out of the routines of the marriage and sharing and having to compromise and sort things out fucking constantly. Yeah. Which I, I recognize as a gift as well. It is a gift. And I, you know, but I think about it a lot because it's, you know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm now in this, you know, very committed relationship that's headed, you know, for marriage and, I don't know that I ever ne- learned to negotiate all that. I never did in my first marriage, and my first marriage was super, super brief. Right, right. No, I, I, I don't know if I did in this marriage, honestly, until like the last couple of years where we've really, where the sort of rubber hit the road, especially when I left a big job and could no longer just throw money at all the problems, you know, mm-hmm. when I, I left a big job and we had to start thinking about, okay, well who's, you know, who's doing this domestic thing. And, you know, and once we had a kid and we had to like, think about all that stuff. And in the last couple of years is only when we've become more equitable and started really sorting it out. I always think about that line, um, from one of the, um, Richard Linklater movies where Ethan Hawke says having kids is like running a daycare with someone you used to date. Oh my God. And especially as discussed, like as they get older, it's just like, I don't know. There's just like a moment where like you're living with a person who doesn't like you or want to live with you anymore. (laughs) (laughs) But they need you so desperately and they love you so much. They just cannot let you know that. Exactly. Oh, I know. It's just sucks. It just sucks because it's just like, ew. And no, I I can imagine it would be really unpleasant. Like we had a cat once when I was growing up and the cat was really hostile and would chase (laughs) our ankles and bite us. Like this cute, adorable little cat was just horrible. And I imagine it's like that. Like every time you like try to do anything, you're just like being shot down and told you look embarrassing or you said something embarrassing. Oh, shut up, mom. Oh, you know, you can't sing. Oh, you're not as cool as you think you are. Oh, it's just- <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> and they say mean things. Oh, the meanest, the meanest, the meanest. 
Let's take a quick break from some ads. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Support for Everything is Fine comes from Ritual. So I love Ritual. Everyone knows I love Ritual. I talk about Ritual all the time. I particularly love its daily, their daily multivitamin. And I also really have been enjoying their melatonin. But the thing I love most about Ritual is their Hyacera. It's a once daily skin supplement that's clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. In a clinical study, Hyacera led to 3.6 times reduction in crow's feet wrinkles within 90 days as compared to a placebo. Hyacera led to 2.9 times increase in skin smoothness within 90 days as compared to a placebo. You can enhance your skincare routine from the inside out with one daily capsule, essenced with soothing vanilla. I love Hyacera. It's been rigorously tested and validated. It's one of the industry-leading sustainability. It, it meets, sorry, all of the industry-leading sustainability standards. You know I'm a beauty editor now. I am all about keeping my face plump, and Hyacera absolutely has done that for me. I've been on it for months. I don't even know how long, and I can really see a difference in the texture of my skin. My skin looks more juicy, I guess, is the best way to do it. Say it, do it. Uh, okay, so you can start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash fine. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription to get today. That's ritual.com slash fine for 25% off. And we're back. My child has been allowing me to indulge them, has been indulging me in allowing me to teach them some music things. And over the weekend, well, over the weekend, I went to see a tween improv show, which was the funniest oh thing I've God. ever seen. Okay. Really? Yes. Because Charlotte is starting improv and we wanted to check out the show. It's, you know, whatever. We wanted to see what, what it was going to be like, which is going to be fun and funny. But um, Charlotte was like, what's grunge? And I was like, what? <laughs> 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 and so uh, 
I took them through like a whole, like the whole ride there, like a whole like Temple of the Dog, Pearl Jam, Nirvana, Soundgarden. I was like, this is crazy listening to these songs. And then I was talking about wanting to see Madonna on tour this summer. Oh, I know this tour. I, I want to see Madonna. It's like the tickets are literally some of them, like not even like scalped are $8,000. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> no. Yeah. I don't know about that. I don't know. But um, my kid had never really heard Madonna. So I've been listening for two days to all Madonna songs. And that's been really fun. I'll bet. Did you like, did you like Madonna? Wait, this is a good question. I loved Madonna. Okay, good. I thought, I mean, I thought that Madonna is just like you, like you couldn't not, you couldn't grow up when we did and not love Madonna. No, like, like, um, Desperately Seeking Susan came out the summer after my freshman year of college. Okay. And I remember going to see it. I was in New York that summer and I remember going to see it at Lincoln. There used to be a movie theater in, um, Columbus Circle. Okay. Okay. Seeing it there was this great big old movie theater with a bunch of girls I went to college with. And it ends with Into the Groove. Oh, and it was just so exhilarating and so great. And the way she looked, yes, it's hard to explain to people who weren't there for it, how it was just an infinity loop of obsession with her. Yes. And it was like, it was like the world changed. It was something, it was like one of those moments where you just really felt like, oh, I've never, this is amazing. This is what has this ever happened before? This is, you yeah. Know? And, you know, there's so many good songs, like Borderline is great. There's, you know, there's just, Holiday. Oh, Holiday is great. Even the the True Blue album is great. Like, it's just, you just kind of keep going and going. Like a Prayer is great. It's just, ugh. No, they were, they were amazing. I mean, she's, you know, she was not like a great musical talent. But, no. But her songs were as like addictive as anybody's. Well, and maybe the songs were as addictive as anybody's in part because when I think of them, I think of the videos. Like when I hear them, mm -hmm. I'm conjuring the videos because, you know, her rise coincided with MTV's rise, right? Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I, I mean, I can't separate them in my mind. When I hear Papa Don't Preach, I just see that video and I'm just like, oh my God, her hair, that shirt. The muscles, yeah. Oh, amazing. Italians do a better shirt. It's just incredible. Anyway, Madonna's been fun. And I also, speaking of icons, watched Elvis, the movie. And how did you feel about that? Well, I had not watched it because I was like, what the fuck? Three and a half hours. I am. What is this? I yeah, am really. never, I am never going to watch this. And we decided to watch it over two nights, like almost like it was like a mini series. And mm -hmm. I thought it was amazing. Actually. I thought it was a great movie. I think it's Baz Luhrmann's. It's my favorite of Baz Luhrmann's movies. I think. Really, maybe I had no interest in it. Maybe I'll have to go watch it. But how sad about Lisa Marie? I know. Well, that was part of why I, I wanted to see it. Um, that whole story, the whole story of Elvis is so, so, so sad. And I had really forgotten it. I had forgotten like the the whole trajectory of his career. I, I knew it because I, I read um, Elvis and Me when I was like, I don't know, mm -hmm. young, because I was obsessed with Priscilla Presley. Um, still am to some degree. But their whole fa their whole story is so tragic. He was so speaking of exploited. He was so exploited and yeah. used and abused. And and then Lisa Marie, ugh. I mean, she was a baby. I know, I know, I know. She was. I mean, her dad died at 
42 of a heart attack. I mean, obviously brought on by all of the drugs he did um, and his lifestyle. And she, I think she was 54, maybe? She, well, I think 54, 54, 55, yeah. But she just lost her son who died by suicide. suicide. Oh, no. It's just, oh. And the sister or the daughter who's left is, was apparently very close to the brother. It's very sad. It's just as sad as it could possibly be. It's unbelievably sad. And the fact that she was just the night before at the Golden Globes, it's just, or two nights, but I don't know if it was one night or two nights, but was just very out in public, just giving like, because she's yeah. not a super public figure, you know, but she was just out on the red carpet giving interviews, you know, that's, no, that oh, no. was wild. It, 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 it's scary. And it scares me because I'm older than her. I know. You know, I, I know somebody who younger than me who died younger than me of a heart attack, a woman, you know, fit woman who ran every day, dropped out of a heart attack at 55. So I just have to turn it around and see how it affects me. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. We're going to get horrible comments. We're, no. we're oh so, my God, that was a joke. I know that was, joke, joke. Um, we need like a sound effect, like, so that it's like, <laughs> <laughs> like we need to just be like the, the morning zoo and like, <laughs> Oh my God. That's uh, a pivot. That's it. There we go. That's what we're, that's what we're going to do from now on. Just so everybody knows we're not taking ourselves seriously. Um, no, I know. Oh God, I can't think about getting old. Again, I'm 50 in less than, I'm 50 in like 50 days. I'm just like want to barf. You know how much better my 50s have been than my 40s? Oh. Like not even comparable. Oh. Not even comparable. But no, I mean, I don't, I, I get, you know, my my thing is like, I, I get afraid for my health. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really fucking grateful to still be here and, you know, want to remain here. The agey stuff, like the looks, all of that, that's not bothering me as much these days. Like feeling like, oh, I need to go get some injections. I got to get an eye job. I got to do this. I, I'm on and off on that stuff. But I will say I am, um, I'm going to be careful about how I say this, but I think there's a moment in your late forties and this has just shifted for me where you are just, you're still holding on. It's the maiden and the crone thing. Right. And you're mm -hmm. really holding on to like, you're, you're, you're like sweet looks and you're like, you know, when the male gaze and you're, you're holding on. And I, and I could see someone recently who's really holding on to really wanting to be like the be cute and be considered cute and like sweet and meh, rather than the flip, which happens around this age, just fully into crone, just like, except you're just a full, like not that you can't be sexy anymore, but you don't need to have that, like that faux innocence, that like that thing that makes you palatable to specifically to men and to the outside world where like, you're just for their consumption. And yeah. that flip has really happened to me in the, in the last, like, even in the time of doing this podcast, I have, I think that I have let go of the side of the plane, like something we talked about like two years yeah, ago, Yeah, yeah. because I don't feel that anymore. And I feel, I feel like I'm full crone now. Like, and even in though it was misguided. Can we not use the word crone though? Crone is such a, it's such a, such a, it just sounds like yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. But that's the word that it's the maiden and the crone. I think those are the symbols and like construct, it's yes. a construct in like I don't know, is it like witchery? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, crone, crone is a bad word though. I don't, I don't feel like a crone. Well, it's, it's, it's recognizing, you know, you know, whether you call it invisibility or just ageism or whatever you call it. No, but it is a crossing a threshold. And I don't, I don't, I don't want to call it crone either. Like crone, we need a new word for crone. Um, There is the vanity you have as you start to realize I'm invisible. I might be invisible, however you want to phrase that. And then there is realizing like, you know, having a little radical acceptance around it. Like, yeah, people don't look at me when I walk down the street anymore, you know, no, and A, B, and C are also true. Right, right. And and not especially giving such a shit, not having it tear at your insides that you can't walk down the street. I mean, I love the fact that I no longer feel sexually vulnerable. Yes, yes. You that. know, as, as as girls in this in this country, like we were all being catcalled by the time we were like thirteen, you know, and I not know. telling our parents and not having any context for what that was, you know, doing to us and how, I mean, I was terrified of men, you know, and, 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 and I love not having that be an aspect of my life anymore. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And so, and, and I think that's, that's one part of it. I think there's also the part of it though, where there are like, there's like a feminine wiles kind of thing that I feel like I've dropped. Like, I don't, I don't, my femininity is not wrapped up in the filter of how the patriarchy may see me anymore. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. wanting to be sweet and small, like for example, uh, someone reached out to me about a project and they didn't—they didn't put uh, a rate on it, and they wanted me to do a bunch of things for them in order to be considered for this project. And I very clearly. in the past, I might've been like shy and been like, ah, and I very clearly, was like, before, hold, hold on. Before I, before I go forward, I need Mm -hmm. to know how much this, I need to know more details about this project. Like I feel much more assertive and comfortable with being assertive. And then it's sort of reining that in. I'm talking about many different things at once, but then it's sort of reining that in. So it's not cranky and, you know, off-putting because I do think that there can be a there can be a thing that when you get older, where you're just so you're so over it that you can be super cranky about things. That's true. That's true. And all people are trying to do is get your work out into the world, and you should be nice to them. Yes, exactly, exactly. No, I think that's how I've gotten about assignments, about writing assignments. Like people, you know, in the when I was young, I would take any assignment that came my way, anything. I just wanted my byline as many places it could be. Yeah. Now I'm like, you know, all anybody ever wants me to write is a piece about finding your style after 40. So like, I've, this is sorry. (laughs) And I've written it, I've written it and I've written it again and I've written it again, but like, I can't write it anymore. And it's like, I will, you know, I will do other stuff. Like I have, I have other flavors than just like the over 40 thing. If I was, um, if I was still an assigning editor, I have like five pieces I would like you to write. I am not anymore, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> you know, the other day I sent, um, I told you last week about Catherine, the woman who had been my mentor in Seattle, who um, I saw yeah. when I was there. And I sent, she asked about my writing and I sent her a piece I'd written about the Condé Nast lunch, holiday lunch. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, this is the last piece that I thought you know, it's a while ago, but it's the last piece I wrote that I thought was really better than good. And I was like, that was 2016, Kim. Mm. Like I've written things since then, Yeah, but there's nothing I like like that. And it's like, okay, that's, that's a long time. Like it's time to start, you know, 
time to time to put, throw some more shit out there. I mean, if you, I, I think about this a lot though. It's like, if you want, and I guess like what, why do we create is a big question, right? Is it, I mean, mine is part for ego, part survival, um, you know, part just needing to, to feel like, you know, I need to get more on this earth before I die. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I'm curious for you because you're in a very different position than I am in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're not, you're not trying to pay for braces. What, why, 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 why do you want to write more? I want to write more because it satisfies me in a way that, you know, it is my, it is my creative outlet. I would say I don't have another one. I'm not a very visually talented person. Right. Right. And, um, it's satisfying. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's satisfying. I can still look at pieces I've written and be, and feel really satisfied. You know, it's the old joke, like, you know, nobody wants to write. Everybody wants to have written. Yes, 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 yes. And that's definitely true. But you're right. I mean, what is my motivation? When I was young, my motivation was to make money and, 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 you know, have my byline as many places that I wanted it to appear as I could. Now that's not, I mean, now I feel like, you know, I, 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 we've talked about this so much, but it's like, I've said before, you know, I wouldn't have been happy if I accomplished something on the level of lucky, but having done it, I had no desire to do anything like that again. I know. I mean, and I think, and by the way, let me just, let me just back up and be very clear that I think that you should write. And I text you this constantly and I text frequently. you ideas uh, frequently, not constantly, but a couple of times a month, I am like, you should write about that. You should write about this. Um, <laughs> but you know, I was supposed to do a regular column for the internet. Like at the beginning of the summer, I was, I had uh, signed on to do it and I'm done with writing for the internet for the most part. I mean, you know, if I have to write a promotional story or or two around my book, but I don't like it. It doesn't serve Mm -hmm. me. I don't need it. I don't like that kind of exchange. I can't really swim in the in order to write for the internet, you need to be extremely online and you need to just have an idea of sort of so many points of view and have everything in your mind at once because everything's changing so fast and the, and the internet is such an ugly place and you know, whatever. So I couldn't do it. I I could Mm. not do it. I tried, I wrote like seven drafts of the same story every Mm. time, just kept choking, kept choking. And it was like my body and brain were saying, no, this is not you for you. This, this is not for you anymore. And I was a daily blogger, like a re- I mean, like a, you know, know, a couple a day, like fashion news blogger. And then like a regular, just, you know, just pumping that shit out. It broke my brain in a way that I don't want to do it again. I don't want to anticipate. I don't want to anticipate the ugliness so that I've built it into the story. So I'm like couching against every possible angle and it's just, it's too much. Yep. I get it. Um, what else is happening with you this week? What else did you watch, see, listen to? Um, well, you know, I spent, I, I am feeling better today, but I have been, I, I actually got sicker than I was last week and was, was pretty much just asleep on the sofa for the entire week. But I have, I've been thinking about like, Movies that I don't even have to turn the volume on on when I'm like not entirely in the mood to like focus on something like on the flight back from Seattle or these past this past week lying on the sofa like those movies like Big Lebowski. Yeah. Where you don't even you don't need to watch it. You just sort of can like let the happy images like wash over you and enjoy like the 
the movie or fast times, you know, I feel like. Um, So that's what I've been doing. And then I also, I've decided I need to be more healthy. And so I, you know, especially since I've been sick and I have had no appetite. So I bought a bunch of green juice. Okay. Yesterday, yesterday, I just like, I I drank green juice all day. How how did that feel? (laughs) Well, it's how it felt the next day. Oh, no. oh, no. oh God. <laughs> it was like my body doesn't even know what's happening to it. It's like trying it was it was crazy. I uh I speaking of like comfort movies, I watched Pretty Woman the other night. You and how was that? You know what was weird? Okay, like so first off. That movie should have ended with its, its original ending that they did not get together. Like that sort of tack on ending. What was the original ending? The original ending was like they they go their separate ways. It's like they had this mm-hmm. encounter. They're both like they both fuck people for money. Um, they discover, you know, their 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 likeness and and they teach each other something. And then of course it's not gonna work out because she's a sex worker and and he's like a rich man and they go their separate ways. Instead, they added this like very hokey Hollywood ending on the on tacked it on the end. But it held up better. I mean, it's obviously there's all kinds of like sexism and, and all sorts of problems with it. It held up a lot better than I thought because of two things. One, Julia Roberts is just incredible. You just can't stop looking at her. She is magnificently beautiful and charming and just like cannot take your eyes off her. And she has a very, very expressive face. An incredibly expressive face and just like does something with this role that is like just amazing. It's just like a, it's, 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 it's perfect performance. And the thing is about this movie that I really thought about is something I do not think today, and I'm not going to mention names because I get all kinds of trouble when I do that. Leading men today often do not look like they know how to fuck. Richard Gere, <laughs> Richard Gere looks like he knows how to fuck. He That's just, hilarious. you are just like, oh, yes, sir. You know how to fuck. <laughs> This is a thing people do not talk about in that movie that Richard Gere is just like, oh, yep, fucking. He just, it's like his, he gets it. And the way he, the way he touches her, the way that he moves in, just all of it, they have really good chemistry, but he's just, he's just sexy and sexy in a way that I don't, I, leading men of today for me are not, 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 this is not a universal point, but a lot of the rom-com package things, the men do not look like this. No, you know, it's funny that you should mention him because we recently, Paul's son was here and he had never seen American Gigolo. Mm -hmm. So we, 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 we queued it up and it was awful. Wow. Like we couldn't stop, we couldn't stop watching it. It's like, okay, is it going to hold up? Is it not going to hold up? And I mean, the acting is just atrocious. Wow. 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 Yeah. I don't, I don't remember. I don't really remember that movie. Um, Karina Longworth, Karina Longworth did a really good episode of you must remember this about American gigolo, which taught me a lot about like the, um, behind the scenes of it and the scandal surrounding it, that it was, mm-hmm. um, that, you know, there was a lot of, uh, gay undertones and this was very scandalous and, you know, um, but I don't remember it, but he was, I mean, I don't know. Is he a good actor? I don't know. 
I don't know either. I've never, he's never been one of my favorites. I don't dislike him, but he's never like, I've never found him sexy. Mm, me, I, I know you yes. do or you don't. Uh, yeah, you do, you do or you don't. I mean, I guess it's like olives. You like them or you don't, but. Um, and I think most people do find, I mean, I think I'm in the minority. I think he is, we you know, has been widely considered to be sexy. I just, there was just something, there's something about him that's just a tiny bit bitch face. Well, yeah, but I mean, that's the thing. That might be your kink. Like, I love a bitch face. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it on. A bitch face is my kink. I can't, you know, what are you going to do? Um, uh, what else? Did you, do, are you using anything that we can recommend to uh, of women of a certain age? I have been wearing a new makeup primer. Because my makeup slides right off my face. Okay, okay. And so I got this Smashbox stuff. Fat Smashbox Photo Finish Smooth and Blur Oil-Free Foundation Primer. Okay. It also comes in like a, you know, if your skin is really red, you can get, you know, correct, correct for really red skin. But it does make my makeup stay on longer. And I like it better than this. It's like a gel that you put on before you put your makeup on. Mm-hmm. And I like mm-hmm. it better than the... It's primers that are sprays that you spray on. I think it works better. So that's my, that's that's pretty much my only new beauty thing. No, I mean Romelini, I've been literally laying on the sofa. I so wish I had more things to discuss today. I don't think you have to. I mean, I think it's fine. I think we made an episode. I'm going to recommend one thing before we go because somebody on our Facebook group was asking about foundation, and I put it in the um, I put it on the replied in the Facebook. But I think honestly, because you know people are talking about how like foundation gets in the cracks and creases of your face, and you know whatever. Mm-hmm. And I have a very red nose right now. I have a lot of broken blood vessels in the in the corners of my nose. So I've been I don't usually wear foundation, but I've been covering them up until I decide to remove them because they just popped up, by the way. Just broken capillaries. Uh, all right. Okay, fine. Um but Ilia, I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, I-L-I-A, they have a um super serum skin tint. SPF 40 foundation is the full name of it. And I will put it in the notes. Yes. And it's basically a tinted moisturizer. It has like, you know, there are, I think like 20 different tones to choose from. So it's really good at a good match for your skin, but it really Mm -hmm. goes on super silky and um, dewy. It leaves a real dewiness to the face and it's very light and i really 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 like it it's like a it's like a combination serum spf and foundation in one i like this whole i mean it's not such a new trend but i really like the beauty trend of like beauty products that have like i mean makeup that has beauty products in it Yes. Yes. Me too. Me too. I like that too. A lot. Um, okay. Well, look, we made an episode. We did it. We did it. We did. Thanks for putting up with us, everybody. And, you know, thanks for listening to Everything is Fine again this week. We're your hosts. I'm Jen Romolini. And I'm Kim France. If you like the show, please rate and review it across the platforms. It really helps people find the show, especially Apple Podcasts. Um, if you want to support the production of the show, we have a Patreon. It's patreon.com backslash everything is fine. We do live events there. Sometimes we blog there. Sometimes we put up bonus episodes, but really, like I said earlier in this episode, it's really to help us keep the lights on. If you want to follow us on social media, we have a robust and private Facebook group. We also are on Instagram at EIF podcast. We're on Twitter. We're on LinkedIn. 
If you want to follow Kim, you can go to her blog, girlsofacertainage.com. If you want to follow me, I'm at tinyletter.com backslash Jennifer Romolini. The show is mixed and edited by the wonderful Natalie Rivera. Thank you again, Natalie. And we'll be back next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.